What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Quantum Coffee. And uh, today I'm going to be doing another Drop Into the Heart solo cast. I hope you're enjoying these. Um, I'm having a lot of fun with them. They are a different flow, a different energy for me. Um, but I think it's really cool for me to have an opportunity to share with all of you, uh, you know, a little bit more of what's going on in my life and my heart. And today, I felt called to share my journey with Christianity and my relationship and connection to Jesus. And it is a, I think it's a very um, common theme uh, in the work that I've been doing and the, and, the, and the people that I talk to. And just, I think it's something like 40% of the population is some denomination of Christian. And so Jesus and the, the Christ story is, whether you like it or not, is a huge part of our collective narrative, our collective story. And you know, I've learned a lot um, about the story of Jesus um, from my own relationship and journey to in desire to understand who he was because it's been such a powerful imprint on my life. I grew up in an evangelical church, Christian, and that created a lot of resistance to the Bible, to Jesus, to, to God even. Um, but I'm really grateful now where I'm at because it's planted the seed for me to come full circle and really understand him um, from a different purview. And I wanted to share that journey with all of you. And um, yeah, excited to, I hope it resonates with you. And uh, I would love to hear from any of you after listening to this, uh, what you think of it. Um, you can either you know leave a review, comment, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, or you can check out uh, the growing community over at the Heart Collective. I'm really excited where this community is headed. It's continuing to expand and grow and provide support and value to everyone that is on this path of self-discovery, of healing, of growth, who has a desire to connect with other people who are opening their heart to deepen the relationship with self and to want to make the world a better place, not only in their own lives, uh, but the world around them. And uh, we provide a lot of value, but the community is really all about the people that are in it. And we have an app uh, where you can connect with other like-minded people on the spiritual path. And we do weekly calls as well, um, wide variety of different workshops. I'm actually uh, in the process of doing a series called Money, Sex, and God that it, you have access to for all the inner circle members who are part of the Heart Collective. So if you're interested in joining that, we also do you know meditations together. We do heart-to-heart uh, -heart calls with prompts, uh, really just focused on you know getting together and talking and getting real uh, about what's going on in our lives and how we can focus on building a more beautiful world together. If you're interested in joining, I'd love to see you on the inside. Uh, the Inner Circle membership is only $29 a month and you get access to a lot of resources. Uh, you can go to our newly launched website, heartcollective.org. There's a link in the show notes, which has a lot more information about it. Uh, and there's also a free membership for those of you that just want to have access to our free resources. But I would urge you to join the Inner Circle so you have access to all of the tools that we have available. And most importantly, you get to connect with me and other like-minded people. I uh, would love to see you in there. I'm also uh, answering questions uh, from people within the community uh, on the podcast. 
which I'm going to start doing this, which I'm really excited about. So if you have any, anything you'd like for me to discuss, any topics, any questions, uh, go into the inner circle, join community and shoot me a DM and ask me uh, what it is is on your heart and what it is you'd like me to share about. Today, I'm going to share um, from one of our new members. His name is Sean Lindsay and really stoked. What's up, Sean? And he just basically um, wanted my thoughts and experiences of remaining positive when caught in a negative space. Ooh, and yeah, I think I'm a naturally positive person. I think I've always had, you know, when I was in high school, they actually gave me the nickname Happy Holly. And um, what I do when I'm in negative spaces, I what I've learned now through this path of healing is to reflect on why I'm in that space to really find some stillness and contemplate why am I here? And that could be something as simple as going on a walk, slowing down, journaling, and just reflecting on, you know, where I'm at, what space I'm in. Am I moving my body? Uh, am I eating well? Am I stuck, stuck in some limiting beliefs, bad habits? Are there fears that coming up, coming up? Are there doubts, you know, negative space, you know, can be considered a judgment and to, to try and release the judgment of being in those spaces, but really taking an opportunity for that, you know, quote unquote, negative energy to speak to us and speak to me when I'm in them. I found that I'm able to connect with the emotions that want to surface. And a lot of times it's, it's fear, it's doubt, it's limiting beliefs, it's experiences that are coming to the surface that are ready to be looked at, ready to be healed. And a lot of times it brings up a lot of grief. And so, you know, I have a really great community and that's part of the reason, you know, I'm so passionate about building community through the heart collective is creating a space for people to be supported and inspired on that inner journey when they are going through some of these um, tougher emotional processes to feel safe enough and develop the tools to access them and let them teach us uh, what is coming up. And, you know, it's, it's a really, really powerful, powerful journey to not try to try not to distract myself, which I find myself doing this, you know, often like I'm, I'm in the process of writing my book right now. And when I think about the enormity of the project and, and dauntingness of it and the overwhelm feelings start coming on and the fear and the judgment, I find myself wanting to distract, you know, I, I, I'll go get on my computer, go get on social media. I'll do anything besides like sitting down and really putting the energy into the process that needs to unfold for this thing to come into reality. And what I've been doing is just taking notes and having an awareness of when those things come up and trying to understand and have the awareness to slow down and be like, Oh, I'm doing this because I'm trying to escape um, the feeling that's coming up. And so, you know, for me, it's really about doing that inner work and letting those emotions um, speak to me. And there's so much wisdom in fear. There's so much wisdom in grief and really connecting with gratitude for all of it allows me to stay in a more positive space, even if those much more challenging emotions come to the surface. So thank you, Lindsay, Sean Lindsay, for um, asking the question. I'm really stoked to go on this journey with you. 
Um, and if you guys want to ask me a question, go check out the Heart Collective, join the community and reach out. Uh, we are waiting to support you on this journey. All right. We are getting into the solo cast now. And what I've been doing on all my podcasts and the solo cast is doing a short little meditation so that we can drop into this space together. And, you know, it's funny talking about Jesus and my story with Christianity and the belief structure that I grew up with. Uh, I, I was told and taught that meditation is, you know, Eastern mysticism. And it is a way that my dad, my dad actually told me this It's a way that the devil can find its way into your thoughts. And so I've had a lot of resistance to meditation, to spirituality, to, you know, Eastern philosophy. And that was part of the reason I went on this journey of self-discovery is because I wanted to know for myself through experience what God meant for me. And I think that is the most important thing that we can go through on this journey is discovering for ourselves and reconnecting with, you know, whatever you want to call it, the universe, God, source, spirit, this greater intelligence that permeates all. And, you know, I do these meditations. I just want to share it's, it's not about any type of dogma or any belief structure. You know, I, I can even use the language of, you know, slowing down and, and taking a few breaths actually drops our nervous system into a parasympathetic state so we can actually rest and digest. And in the busy, chaotic world that we live in, we're constantly being pulled in all these different directions, distracted. There's so much fear. There's so much to do. And that can activate this fight or flight fear response, this sympathetic nervous system, which isn't necessarily bad, but to be in a per perpetual state of it is very unhealthy and can lead to a lot of chronic disease. So, you know, the, the base foundation of taking these breaths together and dropping into this space is to really slow down. We all have really busy schedules, busy lives and, the breath is an anchor point into the present moment. And so I feel very called during these podcasts to just share those moments with you. I you know, appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to drop in with me and to listen to my words and my thoughts. And it's like we're having a conversation together. And so to just slow down and take a few breaths together and feel how it affects your body, your mood, your emotional state is really a powerful thing that you can take with you throughout the day. And it's been a really powerful practice for me. So if you want to find some stillness, if you're listening in the car or on a walk, um, you can just connect with the energy, with the words, vibration, the frequency that's coming through your speakers. And if you're inside or somewhere, you can find some stillness, maybe take a seat. Start taking some deeper inhales and exhales. And gently close your eyes if it feels good. Connecting with the breath. Together, let's take a deep breath into the nose. A long, slow exhale out the mouth. 
again into the nose. And release. One more deep breath in. And let it go. As you allow your breath to normalize, to bring your awareness into your heart. Just to imagine it as a glowing ball, vibrant green light. Imagine it rotating and spinning, maybe pulsing with your heartbeat. For a moment, let's bring some gratitude to this incredible gift. The gift of the heart, this beautiful muscle beats oxygen-rich blood throughout our entire body, carrying life force energy, gifting us with the opportunity to have life. And also for the intelligence it carries, the center of love, passion, connection to the deeper parts of who we are, connection to each other, connection to our knowing that we are so much more than we can even imagine. Imagine your heart, the space of infinite love and knowledge, the center of your intuition, guiding you through life. I want you to imagine it opening a place of receptivity. to come through today. May you keep it open to navigate your life from this point forward. And together, let's take another deep breath into the nose. And let it go. you so much i uh, hope you enjoyed that i know i did and big shout out to graham dern who is behind the incredible music that goes behind those little meditations also edits my podcast thanks brother we're gonna we're gonna get him on soon um to 
share a little bit about his life and his journey and his, it's, it's a wild one, but he does great work with this podcast and the show and uh, helps out with the heart collective as well. So thank you, Graham. All right. Jesus, Christianity. And um, poof. I wanted to start with a passage from a book and like to share just a couple of books that have helped me on this path of rediscovering my relationship and reconnecting with Yeshua, Jesus, the Christed one, whatever you want to call him. I never fully understood this man from the church that I grew up in's perspective. And I always had a lot of curiosity and questions growing up. And I had a lot of fear, a lot of shame, a lot of unworthiness stories that were created from what I was taught about Jesus and who he was. And that left me feeling very disconnected from him. And a little context. So, you know, when I was, I grew up going to church a lot. I was really involved in my high school youth ministry. And, you know, when I went to college, I stopped going to church. Um, and I had a lot of questions, a lot of curiosities around this belief structure. And they were deep, deep, deeply seated in my subconscious. And one of the stories was, although I didn't believe it, like if you would ask me on the street, like, do you believe that you have to believe that Jesus died for your sins to go to heaven? I'd probably have a conversation with you and not, you know, tell you that I did believe it. But there was always this fear that, you know, what if I get in a car accident or what if I, something happens to me and I die tomorrow? I don't want to go to hell for eternity. That doesn't seem like a very fun thing to do. So it was always there. I always kind of held on to it because I didn't know anything else. And the fascinating thing about the church is they create this, this narrative that everything that tries to question or get you away from understanding what they tell you is Satan and the devil trying to corrupt you and steal you away from the truth. It's a very fascinating cycle that keeps you in a space where you're, you're unable to open your mind because anything that opens your mind or maybe a different point of view or perspective is the devil is Satan and you will go to hell. At least that's the story I was taught and that's what I felt. And so I always had this fear of letting that go fully. And it was when I was traveling in my van, probably like three or four years ago. And you know, I started like, probably like when I was 24, 25, I started, I read my first book called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. And there's a lot of, it's a very simple book, but it's a very powerful story. And it had a profound impact on my life. And there's a lot of spiritual teachings in there. It's basically about this guy who um, is a trial lawyer, big time in New York City, has a heart attack during one of his court proceedings, goes to the hospital and the doctor says, you, you have a choice. You can either continue on this path you're on and you have a couple of years to live. You'll probably kill yourself from all the stress and unhealthy habits of 
what that lifestyle was bringing to you, or you can let it all go. And whew, it's crazy how relatable. I mean, it's it's just that the motif and the metaphor of this story just so relatable to my life. And it had a huge impact on the journey that I went on. But he ended up making the decision to let it all go. Everything he had ever known, everything he had ever worked for, sold his Ferrari and all of his other material possessions and went on this spiritual journey to find himself. He found himself in the Himalayan mountains in search of this monastery or this, this sect of, of monks that he heard about. Ends up going on this journey, long story short, finds them and they teach him all these different spiritual te- uh, teachings on how to be present and how to be more healthy and connected to nature, all this stuff. And that really opened my mind. And you know, I started slowly getting into more books. Um, and you know, halfway through my NFL career, these mindset coaches came to speak when, when I was in Atlanta and they talked about meditation. And it was the first time someone had talked about meditation in like a non-religious um, or spiritual way. It was like, hey, meditation is just a way to, you know, calm your nervous system, find more peace, and it can actually help your performance on the field, decrease anxiety and stress. And I was really going through a tough time. Football is really challenging in a lot of ways. Um, you know, that hyper-competitive performance anxiety atmosphere of having to be on all the time really created a lot of pressure. And so I started trying to meditate and I quickly realized how wild my mind was and how much my thoughts ran. And it was really profound. And um, for some reason I stuck with it. And I think one of the things is I read another book and one of them was 10% happier which is really cool because as Dan Harris was really honest about, hey, meditation isn't, isn't going to solve all your problems, but I promise it, it, it'll make you 10% happier. I was like, man, 10% happier. This guy's honest. Let's go. And then I started reading research on neural pathways, neuroplasticity, neurogenesis, and how meditation, actual studies, um, is incredibly powerful for the brain. And you know that was right around the same time that all the research was coming out around CTE and brain trauma with football players specifically. And that scared the shit out of me. And so I decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with this. I'm going to keep meditating. And so when I left the NFL, um, I really started diving into more spiritual texts. Um, really was out in nature more, started meditating, um, and started listening to a lot of podcasts. And so I started developing this wider perspective. You know, I was, I was reading, you know, some mystical books, some Eastern philosophy, Eastern religion, all of these different um, teachings around the state of reality and the idea of God and a higher power. But I never went back into Christianity. I had so much resistance to it. And when I was driving on the road, I had a conversation with my dad. I remember talking to him on the phone and we ended up getting into our spiritual beliefs. Um, you know, just side note, that's one of the things, one of the only things we really have been able to have conversations around. And so I, I, I really like trying to break out of that and change, um, you know, shift, shift my own deep belief structure. And what I realized is I never, I had this big fear of telling my parents, specifically my dad, that I, that's not what I believed anymore. And so we had a conversation that led into this direct pinpoint, you know, direct question from him that 
he asked, so you're telling me, Joe, do you believe that the only way to heaven is, is, to, is to adopt Jesus as your Lord and Savior and to know that he died for your sins? And, ooh, I felt all this energy come up in my heart, and it was fear. I was like, man, I don't believe that. I don't believe that to be true, but there's this fear of some reason I'm holding on to it. And so I had this moment where I paused, all this energy came up and I, I, I spoke my truth. And I said, no, I do not believe that that is truth. And like all of that energy just left my heart. It was like weight lifted off my shoulders. I was like, whoa. And, you know, my dad, I don't think was very happy about that. Um, and that proceeded to create this relationship of we're really trying to change each other's beliefs. Um, we've since um, gotten to a lot better place. Um, and as I've reflected on that moment, because that was about three years ago, what I realized was, yes, there was a layer of fear of what happens if I die and I don't believe that. Will I go to, will I go to hell? But the deeper underlying story was, if I don't believe that, Will my dad still love me? And it took a lot of courage to speak my truth in that moment. Of course, my dad will still love me, but it was this fear, underlying fear in my unconscious of all I want is validation, love, my dad to be proud of me. If I don't believe what he believes, what does that mean? What will that lead to? So I was able to finally let that go. And what I realized, you know, I talked to me and my dad, we would start having conversations around our spiritual beliefs. And what I realized is I was trying to like wake him up and try and change his mind, change his thoughts, open his mind, which has proved to be very challenging. And what I realized is that you can't really change anybody's mind can only embody the love and the presence that comes from within. And that may inspire at some future point them to get curious and ask questions. And that's the way in. And it's taken me a while to get to that point. But what I realized in trying to change my dad's belief structure as I was using all these other spiritual concepts from all these other philosophies, but he wasn't allowing it any of it in because it was quote unquote, the devil or Satan. And so he was just very closed off to any other teachings that I had found. And so what I realized is if I'm going to have a conversation with my dad about his spiritual beliefs, I have to use the language that he knows that is accessible to him that he will actually listen to and hear. And so what I realized was this challenge of it's time for me to go back into the Christian belief system and really start understanding it for myself and heal my relationship with it and my resistance to the word God. I was using, you know, universe and source at that time because it resonated with me more. Even, even the word God would like light up my nervous system. Like, God, oh, some old man in the sky that's judging me and I'm unworthy of. And I have since healed that relationship with the word God because these words carry frequency. And if that's something you're going through, like it's, it's to dive into why certain words trigger a nervous system reaction is a very interesting journey to go on. And it's the journey that I went on. 
And so understanding, you know, the Bible, my dad would always say, you know, you just need to read the Bible. You just need to read the Bible. That's so much resistance to it. And you need to, you need to connect with Jesus. And so Jesus, the man, like the story that I was told about him, so much resistance to. And so what I did is like, okay, I'm going to start opening my mind and coming back into the teachings of Jesus. Who was this man? What was he here to teach? What was, what was, what was he really about? What was his ministry? How did he carry himself? I wanted to know who he was underneath all of the stories and dogma that I was taught about his life and what to believe and really try and connect with his essence and his soul. And two books that have had a profound impact on that journey and on my life in reconnecting with Jesus are one, Resurrecting Jesus by Adi Ashanti. And Adi Ashanti is a, uh, a Zen Buddhist monk, Westerner, who has written a bunch of incredible books. And I think one of the most profound is this Resurrecting Jesus book. And he brings in, um, you know, not just the gospels and texts from the Bible, but also the Gnostic gospels. And he just paints a wider perspective, non-dualistic point of view of Jesus and who he was. And, you know, in every aspect, his divinity and his humanity. And that really just like pierced me to the soul of really getting to know Jesus from this guy's perspective uh, behind all the dogma. And then the second book is Mary Magdalene revealed by Megan Watterson. And I'm actually going back through this book on audible and listening to it. And she's an incredible woman. Mary Magdalene is, but uh, Megan Watterson, um, you know, she's a theologian that is really, has really studied this stuff. And there's a lot in this book that paints a wider perspective on the origin of the church, the Bible, of how it came to be, um, what was, why there were certain passages and books that were allowed in the Bible and why some were not. And she specifically talks about the journey of Mary Magdalene and her connection to her. And, you know, I was told, I even asked my dad this because this is something that 2000 years later or 1500 years later or whatever is still rings true in our collective psyche around who Mary Magdalene was. And I've been told that she's a prostitute, a whore. And um, that's pretty much it. And this book really paints the picture of the feminine archetype, the importance that it had not only in the origin of Christianity, but in Jesus's life, she was a huge part of who Jesus was, of his ministry. And this book is just really beautifully written and it paints a wider picture. So those two books I would highly recommend if you are, you know, on the path of really trying to discover and reconnect with Christianity and Christ and Jesus. Um, I would, I would start with those two books and, it's just, they just had a really profound impact on my life. And so I'm going to read a passage from Mary Magdalene revealed because it's just ooh, so powerful. Okay. What we have forgotten. If I could start over from the beginning, I would start with the most invisible, 
the threads in the web of our ecosystem that are rarely named, much less revered. I would start by listing the names of the trees, the flowers, the seeds that carry the light that give us life, because this is what we have forgotten. This is where our reverence has not yet reached. I would start with frankincense and myrrh, with the Bosawalia and Comephora trees that made them. I would start with the honeybee and the sweet essential nectar it feeds on. I would start first with what goes unnoticed, with what we haven't realized is the most sacred among us. I would start with the names of everyone we've excluded, of the street children, of the millions slowly starving to death in plain daylight. I would start with the outsiders, the outcasts. I would start with the, every one of us who thinks we aren't worthy of love just as we are. I would say each of their names, each of our names, who have been made into objects, who have been violated, who have had to survive by leaving the body altogether. I would list the names of all the mothers who have known the unspeakable joy of gradually knitting life within her, of bringing life from the dark into the light. The mothers who have no idea where their heart is anymore, now that it's also outside of them. The mothers who remind us, no matter who we are, that our first country was a woman's body, and our first element was water, and that our first reality was darkness. If I could write the beginning, it wouldn't be in the light. It would be in the womb, in the dark, in a cave, in an egg. It would be the name. It would be to name all that has been left out of what's holy, the blood, the body. Nothing real or imagined has ever happened without it. If I could start again, I would stall, install an altar within me. I would place the most sacred object inside it, my own heart. If I could start again, I would know that the only cathedral I've ever needed to find to enter, to return to again and again, is the humble red hermitage, this mystical space that holds all the answers. I would begin again inside my heart, and I would live this way, speaking from it. If I could start all over, I would begin with her. I would list all of their names first as an introduction, a forgotten lineage. Inanna, Inhiduana, Isis, Kuan Yin, Miao Shan, Mother Mary, Sarah Lakali, Thecla, Perpetua, Joan of Arc, and Marguerite Perret. I would start with the other, hidden half of the story, the voices that were buried in deserts, in caves, the ones that were burned at the stake, the ones that were so threatening because hearing their voices would mean letting our love reach where it has never been before, to all of us, to all of creation, to the least among us, to the trees and the flowers, to the honeybee that feeds them, to the frankincense and myrrh, to the bark and the dirt, to the land itself where the word was first spoken. If I could begin again, it would be with her love, because this is what has been forgotten. This is what we need most to remember, that she could hear him, meet him from within her own heart, that she had so much to teach us, that her love for him taught her. I would start with her love because this was the bridge. This is the bridge. This is how we move the story of what it means to be human forward. We hear from her. We hear from her about what her made love made possible. If I could start again, it would be in the darkness. And in the darkness, all we would see is a hand suddenly extending out toward us. And the invitation would be terrifying. Seeing this hand would compel our heart to start beating rapidly, audibly, 
The fear comes from feeling out of control. We want to leave. We want to stay in equal measure. We want to know that what might happen next and for everything to remain exactly the same. Taking this hand is a choice to surrender, surrendering it all, all of the fear, the hurt, the anger, and the ego that created it. If I could start again, I would start with Mary Magdalene because she is the one who remembers him, the Christ I know by heart. Wow. Oh, man, brings up a lot for me. And, you know, in this book, it's just really powerful to get to know a different perspective of Christ and his ministry, how big a part Mary Magdalene played in that journey. course, the feminine had to have been a massive part of the unity of Christ. Who was Jesus? He was a man who embodied a loving presence so pure that it healed whoever was in his presence. He taught of love, of forgiveness, of compassion. He pierced and saw through the veil, the stories that the ego creates, the fear, the worry, the doubt. It was a channel for something more. I don't believe he came to us with a desire to be idolized as God. I believe he came to show us the way to inspire possibility in our own hearts. So that we could love fully, bring our medicine to the world, heal, grow, connect to something so much greater than what society and culture tells us we need to be. We all have an essence, a purpose, a soul that is here for a divine purpose and reason. It's not easy to uncover. 
it takes a tremendous amount of courage Man, I just have reconnected with this man in such profound ways. He's been a guide to me. And, you know, on this healing path, it's been really fascinating, the the full circle journey, like I talked about earlier, of having so much resistance to, to God, to Jesus, and knowing that my soul chose to be born into a Christian family so that I could understand the perspective that the world has, how lost of the truth Christianity has become. And so that I could learn, connect, and find my own relationship with the Christ, not as something outside of myself, something that lives within my own heart. Lives within your heart as well. And I think it's really cool. My, uh, heard a lot about uh, the, the the end times and revelations and um, the second coming of Christ. And that also created a fear of, you better be ready. Are we ready when that happens? Jesus is going to come back with his angels. And the trumpets are going to sound and the rapture is going to happen. You want to make sure you have a pure heart for when that takes place. I created this, this fear of holding on to this belief structure. I didn't know what it meant to have a pure heart. And it's really about loving yourself and releasing judgment of who you think you need to be to receive love. And it's so cool. Just my perspective on the second coming, I can feel this evolution of consciousness happening. And to widen the perspective, the story of Jesus, soul name Yeshua. And we call him Jesus Christ because he embodied a level of consciousness called Christ consciousness, pure presence, love, embodiment. And I don't believe the prophecy of the Bible and the second coming of Christ is about a man coming back in the sky to save his followers. I believe it is a evolution of the human species level of consciousness, of love, presence, of unity, a knowing that we are all connected, a part of a singular organism, a part of nature on this planet Earth. And as we release the stories and attachments to 
this material world, these stories, these belief structures, as we learn to grieve the separation from our source, something magical happens. We're able to connect with our own hearts, with the profound love that comes from within. We're able to share that with the people in our lives, people on the street, giving them permission to do the same. And anyone who's on this path, I'm sure you can feel it too. And just like sharing with my, my dad, there's nothing we can do intellectually to change people or even change ourselves. We can't think our way into healing. We have to feel, feel it. And a lot of times that's a grieving process and there's a lot of wisdom and grief. Letting go of the things that no longer serve us so we can allow the new to unfold. And with everything that's happening, this exponential growth in technology and this collective shift that's taking place and, you know, socially, ecologically, financially, like all of these things are on shaky ground. And I believe there's a purpose and a reason. And yes, we're all headed into the unknown. And you know, when I look out of the world, see all this fear and division. But I also see a profound surge and wave of love and evolution and connection that's taking place as well. And this fear is coming to the surface for a reason, to make itself known so that we can make a choice to let go of it together so that we can come together and build a more beautiful world. Our hearts know it's possible. It's a courageous act. And if you're listening to this, then you're definitely on the journey and on the path. And I am so stinking proud of you because I know it's not easy and it's even more challenging to do alone. And that's why I'm so passionate about building community through the Heart Collective so that you have a place to call home, you have a tribe to lean on, and you can continue to question the stories of who you are, of what the world tells you you need to be. So you feel supported on this journey ahead because it's going to be one hell of an adventure. And I'm really excited about it. And I know I'm not alone and you're not alone either. And um, I'd love to support you in any way that I can. Oh, what else do we got here? I think that's pretty good. I appreciate you listening. I would love to hear from you. Reach out to me uh, through the Heart Collective app and or you can shoot me an email, info at theheartcollective.com. Love to hear from you. And um, yeah, I hope to see you on the inside, the inner circle, the Heart Collective um, so that we can come together and really start using the energy and collective energy of community to really start making a dent in this thing. The more troops that we rally, the more people that come together, we can really start shifting this thing around. I love y'all and hope you enjoyed this episode and talk to you soon. All right, peace.